powered by Riverside. Welcome into the Young Dad Podcast today. I'm your host, Jay, and with me, as always, is my beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous co-host, A. Aaron, brother. Drop me a greeting for the people, if you would, please. Yo, yo, what up, people? Beautiful, gorgeous is quite the mouthful. We are super excited today to be here with you. It's Wednesday, January 11th, and joining us on the show today is Eric Mertens, a.k.a. Eric the Peanut Guy. Eric... How the heck are you? Hey, I am great. It's good to see my friend Jay. Um, it's nice to meet Aaron. And that theme song has got me all sorts of good moods right now. That was a funky theme song. I love that. It's awesome. Eric, go ahead and inter- give us a quick introduction of yourself to the people and to the okay. podcast. Yeah, no, it's great to be here. It really is. It's an honor. Um, my name's Eric. Um, I go by Eric the Peanut Guy at our local minor league ballpark. I work for the Tri-City Dust Devils. We are the high A affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels uh, here in the Tri-Cities, Washington. And I've worked there for over 20 years and I started just as a peanut vendor. So people knew me as Eric the Peanut Guy. And that's now kind of grown into um, hosting all the games. I'm the on-field MC, So I get to host all the fun things between innings and that's who I am. It's great to be here. And he left off his resume, local hero, minor league right. baseball yeah. royalty. He, <laughs> he leaves those things off just due to humility. Yeah. God bless you, Jay. Thank you. you Jay, Jay and his girls come to a lot of our Dust Devils games, and it's so – well, not our Dust Devils games. It's everyone's Dust Devils games. And it's True. great to see you there. It's great to have you there. So uh, I don't feel like I've earned those titles, but it's nice just to know I have you as a friend. Yes, agreed, agreed. And I will be back for the 2023 season as a media member once again, beat writing and doing all the things for the local Dust Devils once again. Super excited. Today, we have a super fun episode with Eric on air. We got our traditional guest three-way debate. Eric Mm. is going to talk to us a little bit on the impact his dad had on his life. And then we'll be ending with none other than a ballpark food draft. So go ahead and pull up a chair, grab a snack, grab a juice box, and let's talk. Huge thank you to our live studio audience. You guys, we love you. We love you guys on the show. You guys are great. First question on three-way debate. This is a tradition that all guests do. So, Eric, I hope you enjoy. You're up first. You get to answer this one first. Summer or winter? Okay, we are in winter right now. It's awful. Some enjoyable things, but you're right. Um, Definitely summer. Definitely summer. And I think I was spoiled growing up here in the Tri-Cities. Jay, you might be able to relate. And Aaron, being in SoCal, probably too. We have a lot of sunshine here for most of the year. So any so much sun. Yeah. Anytime it's not sunny, like it's gray, I get so depressed. And I even lived in the Portland, Oregon area in Hillsboro for four years. Um, and man, those clouds got to me. So with all that said, I vote summer. All right, Aaron, what do you got? What's your answer? 
Well, seeing as it's still summer in Southern California right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We're we're actually getting our first storms of the season. But um you know, I, I love the cold. I love the snow. So I'm I'm gonna have to choose winter. Oh. You know, I love I love uh camping, being outdoors in the snow. It's it's a different experience. I will say beautiful snow is a good part of winter, so I feel Point like when you. you live in California, you appreciate it more. Like I grew up in the Bay yeah. Area for high oh, yeah, school, so when we would go up to Tahoe in the winter time, like I appreciated it because yeah. I, no, I could I, get away from it. Yeah, and I'm sure if I if I lived in Seattle, I'd I'd hate it. I'd love summer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's where I'm at. I'm a I'm with Eric on this one. Summer is the superior season yeah. out of all seasons, except for when we're getting up into over the triple digits. And the seats yeah. at the stadium are hot, which is why I'm so grateful that our media passes are in sections like right behind home plate Ooh. and right underneath the booth because those are by far the best. Oh, that's good. Man, we'll have to have a whole other podcast on the gigantic million-dollar sunshade they built a few, like a few years ago to make sure all the seats are in the shade because you're right in the summertime it gets pretty hot here it's brutal it's brutal i when it's too hot and i'm sure you can relate to this um you have to be a little bit careful of how long you're sitting down because the seats are hot and if you're wearing the wrong color oh right you know but that's the thing yeah you got to make sure you're covered up (laughs) yeah you got to make sure you're protected you know, Giza Stadium problem. All right, Aaron, you're up first on this one. Would it be better to live under the under the sea or in space? Uh, being as I'm an avid fisher, fisherman and I love being out in the sea, I'm gonna have to say under the sea. You know, I'm I've always loved being in the ocean, on the ocean. You know, it's just second home to me. You know, I also love the water, so I'm. Oh no, you're you're next, Eric. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, I am. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like I, Aaron and I are hitting it off, except we're always disagreeing already. So, um, <laughs> story of my life. I, <laughs> um, okay. When I think of this, I realize I, I can't breathe in either place naturally. So, of course, I'd have to have like a breathing device. Okay, um, all things considered, you can live there just like you live now. Okay, 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 okay. I'm like thinking. Wait, it I'm translates. Kidding. Yeah. Once again, I'm overthinking this like usual. Um, <laughs> I, one time I heard the, the actual word of this phobia that I do have. It is a phobia of gigantic things under the water. And uh, I am petrified about going too deep in the water. So I'm picking space. I also like stars and pretty views. And I think you'd get some of those up in space. You know, it's funny. We actually had a segment on a previous show talking about our phobias and that's actually oh one of my my yes, phobias look there's a name for, for it there's <laughs> a name for it i don't remember the name of it someone Gosh. google that um yeah. anyone um i'm also gonna go with under the sea unfortunately so i lived in flagstaff uh for a couple of years and flagstaff is a dark sky city which means that it has minimal street lights minimal lighting from buildings like all the lights are incandescent lights so they're kind of like those yellowy lights they're not the bright neon so all the city lights are like that all the building lights are like that it's requirement there's no neon lights from any buildings or anything like the Happo center here in tri-cities yeah wouldn't exist in flagstaff can exist in flagstaff 
Wow. Uh, so it's a dark sky city. So with the dark sky city, you get beautiful and Flagstaff is higher elevation than Colorado itself. So you're at like 8,000 feet elevation. Wow. So your views of the sky at night are just breathtaking, especially in the summertime when it's warm, it's beautiful. Um, but knowing that, I feel like I would get bored in space. Under the sea, there's so much more. There's so many friends that you can make with fish, and I would hang out with the turtles all day. <laughs> turtles would be my people, but no, I'm going under the sea. It would be way more fun, at least for me. That's fair. Yeah. And so the phobia, us... oh, so the phobia we're ahead, thinking of it's a uh, megalohydrothalassophobia, fear of large underwater creatures or objects. That's it. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Rolls right <laughs> off the tongue. Man. Beautiful. Thanks for looking that up. Aaron, thank you. We appreciate that. Listeners are now very much informed. I hope they remember that because I already forgot it. (laughs) All right. The last one here to debate about matinee baseball or a night baseball game. This one is tough. I'm first one up. This one's tough because it really depends. Is there school the next day? (laughs) (laughs) Like um, a Sunday matinee? Is always great for parents yeah. because you're back home for dinner and all that. It's fantastic. But a night game on a weekend after it cools off is just prime, especially on Friday night fireworks. Yeah. It's just, there's so much fun. It's a great way to end the week. Matinee baseball is kind of hit or miss. I mean, it really depends on all baseball is kind of really dependent on who you go with. But let's just assume you're going by yourself for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take a night baseball game. That's because it's there's a little bit more energy when it comes to a night game. Matinee games are a little bit lower energy to me. So I'm taking a night game. Ooh. Eric, you're up. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You make some very good points I didn't even think of. But you're right. Um, I love going to a ball game any time of day. But the whole, like, sitting out in the sun – for three hours, it does kind of sap your energy. You're right. You're kind of sweating. You're kind of just being lethargic. Yeah. 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 And it's the game experience is still fun, but I completely agree with you. I'm going to vote with you an evening game, a night game. Um, my main reasoning though, is because part of why I love traveling and visiting ballparks is to see the different views and cityscapes yes. and, and surroundings of a ballpark. And if you go to an evening game, you get the, the vast sunset. majority of it. Yeah. You'll, oh. you'll show up. It still will be light out. So you mm-hmm. get to see things. And then you get to see the sky change colors. And then, um, like, if you've ever been to the ballpark in Pittsburgh or in Charlotte, North Carolina, there's these beautiful skyscrapers and skylines. And mm-hmm. You can see the colors change while you sit there. So you're right. Not just the energy, but um, the views make me vote uh, an evening game. Yes. Aaron? Uh, I'm going to have to 1,000% agree with you guys. Woo! Um, Woo! Three for the, three. <laughs> growing, growing up, uh, my local team is the 66ers, and that dusk view of mm. the, the cityscape and the Southern California mountains in the background, there's wow. nothing like it. I mean, plus, you know, you smell a hot dog, smell a popcorn. I mean, mm. you just can't beat it, man. No. Taste of peanuts, all that. That's right. Um, Don't forget. Can't forget the peanuts. If you forget the peanuts, what are you doing? 
But no, I, I'm thinking about it now, and I've never been to a 66ers game, but I have been to a Dust Devils game, and I have been to a Salt Lake Bees game. Ooh. So knowing that about the 66ers, and knowing what I know about the Dust Devils view and the Bees game views, is I just think the Angels organization as a whole has done a really good job of placing their ballparks You're with a right. really good skyline. Oh, I never thought of that. So my wife, Karina, and I caught our first 66ers game um, about a year and a half ago, and we absolutely loved it. And Aaron, part of the reason we loved it was the view of those mountains. And Jay, I've been to a Salt Lake Bees game too. I didn't, I didn't put that together. We're all Angels affiliates, and we have like the best views in baseball. Yeah, the mountains in Salt Lake right behind the backdrop of the stadium are awesome. Yes, awe-inspiring, yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful. It's one of the best parts of Salt Lake. Yeah. All right. So we all so we had two summer, one winter, because Aaron's weird. We had two seas and one space because Eric likes pretty stars. <laughs> Just fine. It's fine. No, uh, no, I have mastohydrolocanophobia. That's yeah, that that yeah. yes. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then we all would much rather go to a night baseball game. So Eric, we have one last question for you. It's not a debate question. It's a tradition question for the show, for every guest that comes on here. It's oh a rite of passage for the show to keep going. Oh, no. This is a lot of pressure, Jay. The current score is three to two in my favor. Oh, no. Here's the question. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No pressure. <laughs> None. Oh, uh, okay. I, this, I, I, I feel like I need to qualify this. Um, People, I, it does not bother me when other people eat pineapple. For you personally. However, I do not order pineapple on my pizza. So if I have to say, does it belong? It doesn't belong on my pizza. That's what I'll say. Uh, I'll take judge it. That's a yes. That's yes. That's yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess we can even the score at 3-3. Three, three. That's fine. I feel, um, I feel like I just uninvited myself to this podcast. Kind of broke my heart a little bit. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of. I, mean, I've had it before. I feel like we before. almost need to do a three to one because of just like the middle ground that you stand on here. Yeah, I. That's my problem. I can never really commit to an answer. I always try to make everyone happy. Okay, how about your wife? Where's your wife stand on this? Uh, should I, should I ask her real quick? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> hey, Karina. <laughs> Karina, coming live. Coming live. Oh, she's not listening. Oh, dang it. You know what? She might be taking a nap. I better be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Oh, That's there she is. Fine. Oh, she just walked. Okay. Karina, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Ew. She says, ooh, which means no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Karina. All right. So Thanks. now we'll just, we'll just chalk this up as four to two to one. And Karina will just <laughs> yeah, be we'll, the honorary we'll score here. Two. Yeah, we'll chop it up four to two to one. And we'll just put that tie in there. For you, Aaron, okay. for your for your pride. All right, we're going to take a quick break, it's and okay. then we're going to let Eric take the floor. Oh, my gosh. And Aaron's going to do some crying while we take this break. <laughs> Eric's clapping along. You guys can't see the video because it's audio only, but Eric was clapping along to the live studio audience and clapping with them for himself. That's how you get yourself hyped. Right. All right. Yeah. It is. They're, they're a great audience. They are fantastic. <laughs> and they're live in studio. 
Yes, of course. All the time. All right, Eric. I'm going to ask you, I have heard so many small snippets about your dad. That's what I'm going to phrase because I haven't heard a lot about him. But I know he had such an impact on the Tri-Cities, the Dust Devils organization, and I know you hold him at such a high place. Like, I've heard you talk about him. He holds such a high place to you and to so many in the community. Um, so having a dad who was just awesome for you and so many people, how has that helped shape you into the man that you are today? Wow. Well, thank you for asking about him. Um, I've I've been honored to be on a number of baseball podcasts and you know one of my favorite things to talk about is minor league baseball but um more than that i love talking about my dad because he's such a big part of my life and he passed away about five years ago and so um when i get to talk about him um it 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 kind of feels like he's still here and um i want everyone possible to learn about him I, I, I want people to keep learning about him and hearing his name absolutely so, yeah so his name is ed mertens um edward paul mertens born march 22nd 1952 in spokane washington just a little north of us here um grew up in the spokane valley played uh grew up playing in the hills and forests around spokane and the mountains um riding bikes and playing baseball and football he was one of eight kids so big family. Um, his dad, my grandpa's name is also Ed Mertens, but they have two different middle names. So my dad wasn't a junior, but um, Ed Mertens. And uh, yeah, um, I the thing I talk about the most on baseball podcasts about him is um, this kind of nice thing he would do at the ballpark when he would come see me work games or he would just come. He, you know, he loves Love baseball, love live sporting events. So he and my mom would come to games and um, it kind of took off. But when it was happening, when he was alive, it was kind of like this, this kind of cute little secret thing he would do that only my mom and I knew about. <laughs> and maybe some of the people in the Dust Devils front office. But after he passed away, we started sharing the story and it's kind of blown up into kind of this big thing, kind of almost an urban legend, but it's real. Um, so he would come to games. And, um, my dad, uh, if you were ever to meet him, he had a big heart, but he wasn't, he wasn't as loud and outgoing as I am. <laughs> so, you know, he could be, he, he could be serious. Um, sometimes he could be short tempered. Um, but if he was at a ballpark, he, he just loved meeting people and, and relaxing. He, he always had kind of stressful jobs. So, my favorite thing was just to watch him have fun because he sacrificed a lot for our family. So when he, yeah. Yeah. So if he could go just enjoy a ball game with my mom or our family, you know? So anyway, he'd go to these games and he'd be in a good mood and he would, um, he, he slowly started doing this. He would, while he was sitting in the stands, he would see um, maybe a little kid, a, a row or two in front of him or, or maybe someone to the side of him. And it was always just someone that would catch his attention. Maybe it was a little kid behaving very well at her first baseball game, or maybe it was someone with special needs to his side, um, or maybe it was a little kid who wasn't behaving well and was having a rough time, you know, listening to their parents. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, you know, we get all of that at a baseball game, of course. So, but he had a big heart. And so what he would do is he'd go to the team store 
and buy a little toy, nothing big, usually just like a little squishy ball or a mini bat, you know, like a little souvenir. And he'd spend his own money and go buy it. But then instead of just giving it to them himself, he would always find me. Um, and most of the time, uh, I was up running all over the stadium doing my job. And Jay, as you know, I'm always running and always, always. <laughs> I know. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm rushing onto the field to do something. We only have one more out to go or whatever. Um, but he would track me down. And, and after a while, he would apologize because he knew I was kind of stressed out at work. He'd say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but there's a kid two rows behind me. Um, cute little kid. She's got bright red hair or whatever. She's, she's mm. been crying all game. Could uh, could you give this stuffed animal to her or could you give her this stuffed dusty doll? Um, mm-hmm. So he would never give it to these people himself. He, he would always have me give it to him. And he didn't want the attention. And he would even say like, just say it's from the dust devils or just say it's from you. But he'd already paid for it. You know what I mean? So it was from him. So anyway, he was kind of like the secret gift giver out at the ballpark. And um, after he passed away, I think that was in his obituary. We kind of included a little bit of this and we talked about it. It, it actually, I'm looking at his obituary right now and I oh, see yeah. that it is. Yeah. He, in later years, he became the secret gift giver at the Tri-Cities Dust Devils baseball game. Honestly, surprising children with souvenirs every chance he got. Oh, thanks for looking that up. Yeah. And so we don't need to talk too much about where it's gone from there, but um people would just kind of give me money, just randomly hand me cash. And I was like, what's this for? And they're like, it's for your dad's thing. And I was like, what thing? <laughs> and they were like, well, we heard your dad would buy gifts for kids. And I thought, you know, just th- these individuals would say, here's 20 bucks, go buy a gift for a kid and keep, keep that tradition alive, kind of keep your dad's spirit alive. And it's turned into this thing. Here we are five years later and we have something called Ed's Fund, which is literally just you know, an envelope with some money in it that I can use if I see a kid having a rough time or if I, if, if someone touches um, my heart, like they Mm -hmm. used to touch my dad's heart and the dust devils donate items, the front office actively donates to dad's thing. There's even a little plaque in the info booth. Yeah. Um, I've seen that plaque. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's like the most well-known story of, of my dad now, um, in the baseball world. But I was just thinking today before I jumped on with you guys, that was just one little thing he did. He would do so many other things and it was just, you know, while he was alive, while we were doing it, it I was always like, well, that's nice dad. You know, that's mm-hmm. sweet. But I, I, I guess I didn't realize just how much of an impact his thoughtfulness had throughout our community. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I see in his obituary here in like the end of it, you know, it always in all these, you know, obituaries, you know, the family asks for something. Um, But I love what is asked for in his obituary in particular. Um, It says in lieu of flowers and to honor Ed's memory, his family is asking for random acts of kindness in your community or a donation to a charity of your, your choice. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool because you, you, you were the, you are so much like, I, I never got to meet him. I wasn't in the Tri-Cities then. I would have loved to. I'm sure I would have probably tried to sit next to your dad at every game he went to. <laughs> he would have loved it. You know, I would have talked his ear off and we would talk for the whole game probably. Yeah. Um, but 
just you were you are so much like this you know you are just a bright light you know i've never heard anyone say anything but that when it comes to when they refer to you around the minor league baseball community or within the tri-cities just you're just this like the same like bright light just around the community so personally for you i see that your dad's example as something that's really been passed on to you because you you just you, you follow the example you know you follow the example that you were set for which is, yeah. is so important um because this is something aaron and i've talked about in the past is just that you know we set we set the example for our kids or for those that are younger than us that we impact yeah. and your dad did that for you yes that was that was huge and so kind of taking another step step forward with this is how you know your dad's impact having such a you know awesome dad now that you're you're married how has that impacted you as a husband and as a partner wow yeah so um i just got married a few months ago and karina's sitting right here next to me hi karina uh my beautiful amazing wife we just got married um late september at the dust devils ballpark at Giza stadium well that was our reception area that was was so cool by the way Thanks. Yeah, that was a big blessing. Um, you guys had a beautiful sunset that night too. Yeah, that's we were yes, seriously, it was like God smiled on us that day. Um, but you know, obviously, the main person I was thinking about that day was Karina. But the the person I probably thought about the second most that day was my dad. And um, uh, sadly, Karina's mom passed away a couple years ago. Um, and so we did a couple of things to honor both her mom and my dad at our wedding and the rehearsal before the day before. And um, so their presence was very um, um, noticeable at our wedding. And, but to answer your question, um, you know, I, I, I knew it at the time. I knew I had a great dad and that he was a great husband because I, I could see the relationship he had with my mom. Um, but I guess, you know, again, kind of with hindsight, after he passed away, I realized, oh my gosh, how lucky am I? I, how lucky am I? Like he was, he is a great man. He's got, he's a beautiful soul. And, um, I grew up watching him interact with my mom and they were honest. They didn't shy away from the tension of marriage or the challenges of marriage. Um, and I appreciate that. Like they didn't sugarcoat things for my sister or my sake. You know I mean? We saw, when things got tough. Um, but because of that, we also saw them work through the tough times. Um, and so the good times were even better because we saw when they struggled with money or with misunderstandings or with differences, differences of opinion, you know? Um, but I think the number one thing, um, I learned from dad was he would do this for both my sister and I, but especially for my mom, he always would, um, try to surprise her or treat her um, with special things for her birthday or their anniversary. Um, And I remember growing up, I was like that I want to do that when I'm married, you know, and we've only been married for a few months. And so, um, and she's sitting right here. So I have to be careful. Um, But (laughs) I, I hope that as we grow old together, I can, I can do those things. Like what I, I better not say this out loud. Close your ears, Karina. Um, but for my, <laughs> for, I forget, 
and I'm ashamed. I forget, I think it was for my mom's like 50th birthday or it was for one of their big anniversaries. He surprised her with a flight to Seattle. Once they got to Seattle, they got on a helicopter and oh, wow. flew around the Space Needle. And then they had dinner at the Space Needle. And we're talking, we were like a middle income family. Like we did not have, you know, the kind of dough just to go do this stuff. So yeah. he had, he'd been saving up for years. He'd been planning for months. She had no idea. He had a, a suitcase packed for her. And um, it was just like, I remember being like, we, my sister and I were just as surprised as my mom. And it was almost like <laughs> he gave us that treat too. So um, he, he just went above and beyond to, to show how much he loved his family. And that's what I hope. That's what I hope to take. I love it. I love it. So what would you say are just a couple things that your dad taught you, whether, mm-hmm. you know, about being a husband or a person or just about, about life? Yeah. You know, some of those um, dad lessons. I'm so glad you asked this because I had to, um, I actually went back and looked at a note I wrote a few weeks after he passed away. And I keep it in my Bible, so I know exactly where it is. I just took a photo of it, so I have it here with me. But um, this is right after Dad passed away. I wrote a note that said, Dad would want me to. And then there's like a few, a few items here. The very mm-hmm. first thing was, Dad would want me to never feel pressured to make big life decisions based off of other people's desires or opinions. And I love by that, that. He, yes, he was a very independent person. But with my mom and, and his kids, um, they both grew up in Spokane. They both love their families. They both have mm-hmm. great – I'm blessed with an awesome extended family. But they were both the first children in either of the families to move away from Spokane. Wow. And they – you know, the Tri-Cities isn't very far <laughs> from no, Spokane. Not at all. It's about an hour and a half drive? Four, yeah, two hours. Yeah, two, you know. Yeah, two about two, two, two and a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they moved away. They lived on the West side of the state. They, they lived in California. I was born in the Bay area. Um, they lived in Idaho and, um, they were kind of the, the, the older kids that kind of went out and broke the mold. And because of that, he was very, he was always very intentional about following his heart, mm-hmm. doing what he knew was best for his family and not feeling like he he owed it to anyone to like um, to, to maybe diminish his goals. You know what I mean? And like, again, this isn't, he loves his family and it wasn't about that, but he also would know I I'm a people pleaser. (laughs) I I hate conflict. And so my dad would always remind me like, remember Eric, like don't, don't make a decision based off of what other people want. You have to listen to what you want. Um, and don't let anyone, and he would even say, even me, I don't want you or, or your mom to pressure you into something. You need to do it for yourself. And, um, he got kind of like worked up when he would talk about that because th- those were lessons he had to learn growing up, um, with his job and with other life decisions. So that's, that's the first thing on the list. And some, God bless you wife <laughs> I, heard that. I think i think that's actually something that aaron has mentioned in the past um aaron you've mentioned something like that before haven't you along those lines uh yeah it's it's, it's something similar but 
you know, it, it's just something I think it, it comes universally. You know, it's it's not for me and dad. It's just, you know, something you, you learn from, you know, something that life really teaches you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What else you got? What else, what's another thing on that list? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. There's some good ones and there, there's some that are like more specific to just me. Like mm-hmm. I've always wanted to write a book. And so dad was always encouraging me to do that. So, um, which he also, I mean, when I was a little kid, I, I wanted to be a juggler. So he got me juggling lessons when I was a kid, I wanted to be a drummer. So he helped buy me my first drum set. So whatever thing I was like interested in at the time, he'd help support that passion. Yeah. And I, I, I remember feeling like when I would inevitably get tired of something, you yeah. know, I, I always felt bad. Like, oh, I didn't become a rock star. Therefore, my dad must, you know, regret that he bought me that drum kit. Or I didn't become a professional juggler. He's probably sad that he spent that money on juggling lessons. But it wasn't until I was an adult to realize, oh, he wasn't investing in a certain career path. He was investing in me, mm-hmm. just me and the things I love. Um, and so that openness to to listen to someone and what they're excited about and then to encourage them in that. Um, like you said, I don't have kids yet, but I, I work in ministry. And so I mm-hmm. do meet a lot of people. And I, when they're, when their face lights up talking about something, but they don't feel supported in it. You know, that's, that's my job. That's our job to support that. So that's something else that taught me. Absolutely. And that's something that we've, we've touched on in the past just very, very briefly, but yeah, you know, I would say that you can really apply that to whether you have kids or not, whether you're in a relationship or not, you yeah. can really take that lesson and just apply it. You know, I think we talked about this a long time ago, Aaron and I did again, just briefly, but, you know, stop taking people's joy away. I think we talked about this with when uh, Craig was on. Shout out to you, mm-hmm. Craig, uh, from Single Dad Reboot. We talked about joy and just how common it is for people to take away that joy from other people. Mm, yeah. And how instead of supporting someone and building them up and getting excited with them, it's so often like around us, there's so many people that are, you know, raining on someone else's parade on yeah. purpose just for for absolutely no reason instead of just being oh yeah that's awesome you know so excited yeah. you know i had we've gotten some of that feedback you know from at least i have you know why are you doing a podcast about that you know mm. or why are you doing that or when i launched the blog or anything like that oh. and it's like instead of just having the support it was more criticism then, oh, I'm excited for you. Like, I'm glad you're doing that because I know how happy it makes you kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Well, it's so I'm, important. I remember talking with you and here I am. I need to apologize. But you were talking with me at a ball game about a project you are working on, a, a book, you know? Yeah. And this dream you have. And then you you sent me things to look over and then I was a jerk and didn't get to it for a long time. Oh, you're fine. So I apologize about that. But I love that. Like, I, that's incredible, man. And because I, I see how you encourage other people to, you encourage me personally, every game, when I see you, I see you definitely encourage your girls. Um, but you also encourage just people around you, you know, acquaintances or friends around you. Um, so if we do that for each other, that's pretty special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it's so funny. It costs nothing. (laughs) Yeah. It, It costs you 
absolutely nothing and it could absolutely change somebody's life. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yes. It's it's free to be kind. Kindness exactly. is, is free. Free 99. And you know, and, it's, it's, it's infectious, man. I mean, yeah. it, it, once you start it, like, like we always say, you know, it's a ripple in a pond, you know, once, once yeah. that, that first rock impacts, there's so many ripples that, you know, it's, you don't ever know what you're going to start. So why not yes. just, you know, positivity? Yeah. You know, and, a great example of that is um, just right before I jumped on with you, I was on Twitter and um, I got a DM from wait, someone. Eric, I, you oh, were on Twitter? Right. What? I know, right? Whoa. Way too much. Maybe my mental health would be better if I wasn't on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a DM uh, from someone I've never met before, but he's kind of in that on like Twitter minor league baseball community. And he just listened to a podcast I recorded over a year ago where I talked about dad and Ed's Ed's fund at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And and he said, Hey man, you know, I found you on Twitter. I just I just listened to this random podcast. I'd love to donate to Ed's fund. How can I do that? And I'm like, what? You know, so Aaron, you're right. Like that ripple effect. Uh, my dad did this thing 15, 20 years ago that people heard about five years ago when he passed away that I talked about one year ago on a podcast. And then just today, someone listened to it and wants to make another kid's day at a Dust Devils game. And he doesn't even live here, you know? <laughs> so you're right, yeah. Aaron. Awesome. Yeah. No, I have one hundred percent you know, I, I just I love it so much. You know, it I can understand kind of uh from your, your dad's standpoint, you know, it's it's not really about the recognition. You know, you don't really care, oh, it was that guy that bought it. You know, it, it that's yeah. not what you're in it for. You you're doing it in hopes that, you know, it makes your surroundings for you, your family, other people better. And yes. obviously it has paid off. So, you know, it's, it's, it's special, man. And it's just to be able to see it and document it. That's, that's, that would mean the world to me if that was my dad. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it is Thanks. definitely something special. I mean, it kind of makes you think, you know, of a very, very, very recent example of what happened with DeMar Hamlin in the NFL, how his yeah. charity just absolutely blew up to like from yeah. $2,500 gold to a $7 million in donations from all around the world. You know, just people just wanting to donate to help him, to help his recovery. But all those people donating are now donating a toy to a kid in need, you know, and so many more kids are going to be able to be reached now. So many more lives are going to be impacted now because of all these random donations, you know, and, you know, God bless it. He's doing, he's doing amazing now. He's home. He's on the road to recovery. Like he's, he's great, you know, um, yeah. You know, there's so many things to take away, but, you know, looking at it from that aspect, like, man, people were donating because there's probably some people who are like, oh, yeah, it's just the thing to do. Go do- donate to DeMar's, you know, fundraiser, you know, um, and they're, you know, that impact that that seven million dollars is going to have now through this foundation, through him and all the good that he's going to be able to give back and the lives that he's going to now impact, you know, whether it be speaking or you know, because his playing career is probably over, yeah. unfortunately. But, you know, now the things he can do with this experience and this this money are going to impact kids. And then that's going to be paid for because they're going to be like, man, I got this toy when I was a kid. You yeah. know, I'm going to pay it forward. You know, it's always just about paying it forward and 
you know, it's not about the recognition. It's just about what you're doing to, to help. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, on another note too, it was so beautiful to see, uh, Damar's family, uh, ask and reach out for people to pray for T Higgins as well. Yes. You know, and it, he was, a. Uh, a big antagonist in the whole ordeal, but it's like, you know, he's, he's making a regular football play. He's not doing it intentional. No. And you know, he just gets instant hate from everyone. And it's, you know, I understand that, you know, he's, he's the cause he's, but you know, it's just so beautiful to see in a time like that where, you know, you're in lieu of maybe losing someone, you can find that in your heart to, to yeah. reach out and just, you know, cause that person's in a negative thought space. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The level so, of empathy that took, you know, for his family yeah. and for him personally and, you know, the people who are trying to frame T. Higgins for that are awful because it wasn't his fault. But, you know, he walked out of the stadium with his mom hugging him. Mm, you know, yeah. he was in such a dark place. You know, how many times yeah. have we just, you know, walked, walked out of somewhere, head down, you know, being held by a loved one, you know. It's a dark mm. place. So that's, yeah, that's a beautiful beautiful something to come out of it there um back here again eric you are a newlywed yeah so you are well qualified to give out some advice <laughs> to new husbands oh no so for the other new husbands out there or for possibly if i ever get remarried again someday we'll see um what advice do you got what do you, what advice <laughs> do you got for the other new husbands out there that's such a great question. I because you're well qualified now. Well, yeah, like what we're like three months into. Yeah, you passed the ninety um, day threshold. <laughs> so I, I definitely still feel like I, like the roles are reversed. I need advice. You know, I'm brand new to this. Um, trying every day just to love, and um, so I could use what I, I think what I can offer some advice on maybe now that I've found the one. And we did get married and it all worked out successfully. I, I feel like possibly I could offer some advice on, on guys who are dating or who are hoping to get married someday because I am 40. I just turned 40 and 12 days after I turned 40, I finally got married. And I thought growing up, I'd be married by 25. Um, so... <laughs> I, you know, I had a number of steady girlfriends. I went on a lot of dates. Um, thankfully, they're all great people. You know, I, I, I was blessed to meet all of them and to know all of them. Um, but I think the one piece of advice I would want to give to someone who is hoping to get married is um, it shouldn't have to be forced. It shouldn't have to be forced or too much work to convince, uh, to convince yourself or the other person. And what I mean by that is I was in some great relationships and we cared for each other a lot, but it was very apparent that we weren't meant to be married. But instead of just kind of calling it off right then and saying, okay, we kind of stayed in it for mm. longer than we should have. And I think that came from a desire of not wanting to hurt each other, which is commendable. But in the long run, it just kind of muddied things up even more. And then when I met Karina, and well, we, we, we grew up knowing each other, but when we reconnected as adults and we started dating and we're like, oh my gosh, like it was, it was the most natural thing. 
Um, we just love hanging out with each other. We laugh so much. We enjoy each other's company. We have a lot of fun and it's not forced. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. I didn't like it, talk her into marrying me. Yeah. Like it makes sense. Like it just, it just makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. I know that this doesn't really answer your question, but um, no, 100%, I need, 100% I need, does. I need advice for a new husband. So <laughs> all right, Aaron, what do you got? What do you got? You're the uh, longest tenured married yes. man here. Um, I think you and Yesenia have been together longer than I was with my ex-wife and ex-wife. So I don't really speak on the subject, but uh, Aaron, what do you, what advice do you got possibly for Eric or other new husbands out there? Uh, I'm, I'm sure Eric already knows this, but it, it's all about compromise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're never going to have anything 100 your way ever. I don't care who you are. I don't care you know how good you are, <laughs> how smart you are, how, you know, it's never going to be a hundred, you know, there's always sacrifice. There's always, you know, putting your partner first and that translate, you know, it's, it's the same way as putting positivity out, you know, you sacrifice and you know, your, your partner sacrifices for you as well. 100% agree with that. You know, I was married, um, you know, I wasn't the perfect husband, but you know, one thing I can take away is a lot of what Aaron said along those lines is it's never going to be 100% your way. You do have to compromise, but I think you kind of hit on it earlier as well, Eric, you know, it's just supporting each other, being excited for what the other person is excited for, being invested in them. You know, if, if your partner wants to try a new hobby, painting or whatever, something new, different, support it, be all for it. Cause I remember when I started writing, like getting way more into it, more into baseball, just deeper in the community um major league baseball the seattle mariners community minor league baseball it the, the support wasn't there you know it mm. wasn't there unfortunately you know i would write and you know still spend time with the it was only one kid at that time but you know mm-hmm. i would do these different things and that the support wasn't there and it sucked it made it so much harder for me to want to do something that i really cared about and loved doing yeah. so that's what I would say, you know, along those lines is just you have to support your partner and what they do. It's a two-way street. Everything in marriage is a two-way street. It takes two to argue. It takes two to make up. It yeah. takes, you know, two. Everything now is two. It takes two people to do it, you know. And my other piece of advice is if you make a mistake, own it. Own oh. your mistakes. If you mess up, own it. Be honest. Like you said, like your dad was with your mom and with you and your sister you know, yeah. be honest, you know, of course, you know, be faithful still, but if you mess up or something like that, like, man, I, I really messed up. Don't beat yourself up and be open and honest with your partner. So. That's good. Thank you guys for sharing that. Yeah. Sharing that with me. Uh, so Eric, one last question here before we get into our amazing draft, it's going to be fun, but last <laughs> question here. I touched on it earlier, Eric, you are one of the happiest, just bright energy people to so many people. Where do you draw that from? Like what motivates you to keep being happy, to wake up every day? Like what, what makes you so happy? Like in such a bright spot in so many lives, like what, what's the secret? What's your secret sauce? Well, that was a roundabout compliment. Thank you, Jay. You're welcome. Um, I'm I'm great at those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, it's funny whenever someone says that, uh, 
Karina laughs a lot because she knows me better than anyone right now. And I really, I desperately just want to be the happy person. Um, but man, I can get really uh, discouraged Absolutely. throughout the day. Absolutely. You know? And we all do. So I want to just acknowledge that. Like I, I struggle with anxiety and recently I've been struggling with a lot of stress at work and it like makes me angry and kind of dark, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's, and but, that's so normal. Like just sidebar real quick, like for the listeners out there, you know, we talked about it with Evan um, from down under, mm-hmm. he's from Australia, but you know, it's so key to feel that way. Even if you're the, always the happy person in the room, yeah. like you're still going to have those feelings, you know, and that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, so yeah. I guess the question here is what, what keeps you smiling? What keeps a smile on your face regardless yeah. of what else is going on? Yes, that's a great question. Um, the, the short answer is my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus. And um, I work in ministry. And so um, I'm lucky where I get to um, engage in that relationship at work. Um, but even, I know, I know plenty of people who work in banks or work, you know, who have non-ministry jobs and they find ways to pray and tap into that. So for me, that's what it is. I I start my day reading the the gospel, the gospels. Um, and the reason I do that is because I just want to hear the words of Jesus or, or read about what he did because I, I believe Jesus is the son of God. I know not everyone does. Um, but he would always go to the people on the margins of society and offer hope and forgiveness and healing. And that's what I need every morning because I'm struggling with not wanting to get up. I'm struggling with feeling crappy about something I said yesterday. Um, so that's the core of it. That's, I mean, and then I, I supplement that with like fun music. I love listening to loud, fun music. I love caffeine. I drink a lot of coffee. Um, <laughs> before every Dust Devils game, not every Dust Devils game, before some Dust Devils games, I have a five-hour energy shot. Um, that so, makes so much sense. That makes yeah. so much sense. Because I've noticed, like, I, yeah. like, thinking back now, just, like, right now, like, there's some games where you're, like, a little bit lower yeah. in the first inning. And there's some games that you just start out hot. <laughs> it is hot yeah. out the gate. Thanks for noticing. I, I Maybe it'll be interesting to see, next time you notice that for this coming season, if you could jot down what day of the week it is and let me know. Oh, because I, I only, I will do I this experiment take, for you and it will be okay. so much fun because I only take those five hour energy shots on certain days of the week. Um, so I'd be interested to know if it matches up with what your experience is. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention now. I'm going to pay attention now. So, Good. you know, Eric, I'm, I'm the same way. I also have a very, you know, I love the relationship that I have with our savior. Um, yeah. Jesus. I also, you know, same, core belief system there um yeah you know to each their own of course um yeah yeah. and you know whatever level or stage you're at with that awesome you're you're you have a relationship there um if you don't you always can but we're not a religious podcast so we don't have to dive deep into that but right you know i think what's important to take away from that here we'll wrap this up here but you know find you have to find your purpose you have to find what puts yeah. that smile on your face? You know, you said for you, yep. it's your relationship with the Savior and then loud, happy music yep. and caffeine. Yes. <laughs> you know, find what gets you out of bed and find what gets you going and find what puts a smile on your face. And then you almost have to keep finding new things too, you know? 
Yeah. Sometimes you need to switch it up, switch up. What is, what's going to put a smile on my face right now? Um, you know, you know, Jay, I, I love what you're saying. Cause um, for me, and again, this is just me speaking what I get from my relationship with God and what, what, not just what I get, but what I get to experience is love. And I think for everyone, everyone, you know, love, where can you find love in your life? Yes. If it's tough to find it, like do some work then to find it. Maybe it's love for, for someone, maybe it's love coming from someone or for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to like, that's like finding your big why, like you yep. said, your main purpose. And then to like supplement it with things. And most of these things I've gotten from my counselor, like exercise, listen to funny things, laugh a lot, listen mm-hmm. to loud music. You know, like, so I intentionally try to build those in my day. Absolutely. And there is a podcast that you would probably love and find hilarious. You and Karina was called the Spitballers Podcast. It's oh. amazing. It's super family friendly. It's clean. It's hilarious. Um, it's I love it. They're a great podcast. I highly recommend them to our listeners if you want something funny. Aaron, any any last thoughts for us here before we take a quick break and get into the draft? Uh yes, I have one more serious question for Eric. Oh dear. If you could if you could have your legacy be anything or any about anything you've done throughout your life, what would it be? Oh man. Dang, that's the question, isn't it, Aaron? That's good, man. What's going to be in your oh. obituary? Yeah. You know what? Like, this is... Hmm. That's a great question. I would be happy just to be known as Ed and Mary Jo Merton's son. I really would. Um, I I owe them so much. Um, now I'd be happy to be known as Karina's husband. <laughs> and... Um, but maybe on a, on a practical level. Um, I had to make a big life decision a couple years ago. I was living in Spokane, working at Gonzaga university, which we've already established as like two, two and a half hours away from the tri cities. Yep. And that's your alma <laughs> um, mater, right? Right. Yes. Okay. And, and so your I dad's lived, right. Um, he went to Gonzaga prep high school. Yes. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah. Um, but, uh, so I had to make a decision though, because I was actually, Aaron, I was asking myself, like, where do I want my legacy to be? Is it staying at Gonzaga or is it going back to the Tri-Cities so I could work more with the Dust Devils? And it really is, I hope that people remember me, the legacy, as Eric the Peanut Guy. Because that kind of encapsulates a lot of what we've been talking about, about hope and love and family and community. And um, a couple years ago, I feel weird saying this they built like a life-size bobblehead statue of me. They did. They did right next to Russell Wilson's right next to Russell Wilson's. Yeah. And that's when I was like, Oh my gosh, this is somewhat serious. Like there's a statue of me and I'm not even dead yet. And (sighs) it's at a ball. Like I got to invest in this. So man, this is a long answer. Sorry, Aaron. But I think my legacy would be hopefully people would remember me as Eric, the peanut guy. And hopefully they would remember that uh through tough times um i would help encourage people to to try to find that love and hope i love that Uh, that's and you know uh, i think that's it it speaks to you so much because you're you're so humble you know and, and you 
you don't ever want the glory to be on you, you know, just throughout this whole, this whole podcast, you know, it's something I've noticed about you and, you know, it's, it's that, that will get you noticed by so many people. And it's so weird how that works, you know, (laughs) and, you know, I, I think it's, it, it, it's just awesome. You know, your, your legacy has already been struck, you know, and so you, you have the opportunity to, affect more people with it you know what i mean and and just expand it even more and more and more thanks man thank you that means a lot too soon audience too soon this draft will get funny but we're not quite there yet eric you are eric the peanut guy Giza Stadium, as well the majority of baseball parks and fields have some delicious foods. It wouldn't, I didn't feel right personally drafting anything but the top tier selections of food and snacks you get at a baseball game. So Eric, we're going to do a snake draft, which for the listeners, if they're unaware of how a snake draft works, they've never played any fantasy sports in their lives. Um, And you as a guest, you're going to get the number one overall pick. Since Aaron got the 102 on the last guest draft, I get the 102 this time, and then Eric gets, or Aaron gets the 103, and then it's reverse. So it'll go Aaron, me, you, you'll have two picks, so on and so forth. We have four rounds, and your goal is to compile the best ballpark food platter you can to win the popular vote. Because it's uh, Twitter. Yeah, okay. Twitter votes. Man, okay. So please, Eric, with the number one overall pick. Um, I'm going to say a quick caveat. I think both of you guys have been putting a lot more thought into this than I have. So I have put zero thought into this, actually. Oh, great. Okay, then never mind. We put the same amount of thought. Okay. Um, Aaron has like five pages of notes ready. To he does. He prepares uh, for do. these drafts. I like do. He, he, prepares, <laughs> he is the one person that all the time on these drafts that he thoroughly prepares for them. I have a draft board. No lie. He really does. He every time we do one of these drafts, he he compiles a list. He's like, "Well, that was one of my picks, but here we go." That's he's, incredible. He's learned. Um, okay. I still haven't. I like to just kind of think. Uh, I think we did a toy draft on an episode, and I was googling during the draft uh, <laughs> toys because all my toys that I had picked on my short list were picked, and I was struggling. That's incredible. Well, okay. With all that said. Um, I'm just going to go for it then. Um, number one food is hot dog. Absolutely. Hot dog. And Giza Stadium has the best hot dogs. I will. Oh, say. my gosh. What are our hot dogs again? They're from. Um... I don't remember right now. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> they're so good because they're like the they're some, for somewhere like an organ or something. OK. They're the special dogs or I don't know. You can get them at Costco in the big pack. Ooh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm sorry I told you that. Sorry, Karina. Um, <laughs> apologize to her in advance next time you have to go to Costco because I know you're going to be looking for them now. Heck yeah. But no, they are such good hot dogs at Giza Stadium. I love dollar hot dog days. Yeah. I don't They're feed the kids dinner. I don't feed the kids dinner or nothing that night when we go to those games. Nothing. Yeah, good. Uh, my first pick here, um, let me consult. No, nope, no consultation needed. Oh, man. These are like my favorite thing. They've been my favorite since my childhood. It's going to be garlic fries. Ooh. From yeah. T-Mobile. Yes. 
Yes, you can't beat the, the garlic fries at a Mariners game. They are it's the smell of a Mariners baseball game. Garlic. Fries. Oof. Bring me back. All right, Aaron, you got two picks. You are on the clock. So my one A is going to be uh, chicken fingers from Dodger Stadium. Ooh, so good. Ooh, very underrated. And my two A is going to be. In honor of our guest, Peanuts. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Dang it, he like took that. it. He took it. <laughs> I thought that was going to be your first pick, Eric. Well, it's up there, but now I can't choose it anymore. <laughs> no. All right. So we got uh, so far off the board for your guys' detailed draft boards. Uh, hot dog is off. Garlic fries. Chicken fingers. Peanuts. Oh, man. And here I am. Oh man, these are tough. I'm trying to think, what is one thing I will get no matter where I'm at? This is like, this is such a me pick, but I'm picking it for myself. I don't know if it really belongs at my number two pick, but I love it. I'm taking it. It's gonna be popcorn. Ooh, I love popcorn Ooh. no matter where I'm at, but especially at the ballpark because it's just like it's been sitting there for a little bit and it yeah. keeps getting dumped on. Dumped on and dumped on and dumped on, and it like me every day. No, sorry, yeah, yeah. I just I love popcorn from the ballpark. All right, Eric, you have two picks. Two picks. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I don't know if this is technically food, but when I go to a ball game, minor league, major league, I get a hot dog, and then I need to get a large souvenir cup of Coca Cola. And not just a little mini pop, soda pop. I'm talking about the souvenir cup that you can take home and remember your time at the ballpark throughout the day. So mm, I love that. Yeah. That's a yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, what's your next one? You got your back oh. your back to back. Okay. You said popcorn, right, Jay? Mm-hmm, I did. I'm gonna say kettle corn. Ooh. Because Ooh, that is a good one. That my very first ever minor league baseball game that I remember <laughs> was uh, my family went to a Spokane Indians game because once again mm-hmm. both my parents grew up there, and the, the the first thing that stuck out to me was the smell of kettle corn, which is unique from the smell of popcorn. Oh, um, and that's the best thing about Giza Stadium is it is yeah. right there. Yes, you walk in the gate and it smacks you in the face. There's the team store yeah. on your left and the kettle corn yeah. on the right. So is is kettle corn? What do you consider that Cracker Jacks? Um, that's I would consider that caramel corn. That's more caramel oh, okay. corn, yeah. Kettle corn is like a special seasoning that goes on popcorn. It's like it's sugary. Like a, yeah, it's basically sugary popcorn. Yeah, hmm. which and makes sense. Eric's going to be living in space eating kettle corn. One hundred percent. Because when when the Dust Devils at Giza Stadium got a kettle corn booth, that's when I was like, all right. Game on. This is a real ballpark. It smells like minor league baseball. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. And I remember when I lived in Flagstaff during the summers, um, I worked for Walmart, but at our Walmarts, we had like a kettle corn guy that would go between both stores. Like he would spend a certain amount of hours at one store and then go to the next store for a certain amount of hours and sell kettle corn. So when me and my ex-wife were together, she would text me on those days or I would let her know like, hey, kettle corn's here. How many bags? Mm Mm-hmm. It was just a how many bags, not if you want it. It was a how many bags. Oh, yeah. 
it's a given that you want it. So that's another marriage tip there for all you listeners is if you know your partner, significant other like something, it's not really a question of if they want it. It's a question of how much. <laughs> that's great. Basically. All right. So off the board now going into this third round here, we have hot dog. I'll recap this after this round. We still, I still got my pick and Aaron's pick before we get into the final round. Uh, okay. Kettle corn's off the board now, and then I'm going to take one thing I always get that I love getting is I'm getting nachos. Ooh. Oh, nice! That was going to be I'm my taking. Pick. I'm taking nachos. I love nachos at the ballpark. All right, Aaron, you're up. Two picks. All right, so this one's going to take me back to 66er Stadium during a summertime game. Yeah. Um, they have this stand, and it serves. Something called lemon ice. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. it it's it's a uh, gelato. I think it is. Oh. But yeah, it's so it, it's like this old little stand, but instead of lemonade, it's lemon ice. That's beautiful. I need to go back, man. I need to go back to a sixty sixers game. Yeah, they're great. They're fun. Uh, and then my three Hold on, before, eight... before you before you hit that last pick. Before we go into the final round, let's just recap real quick. Eric right now is sitting with a hot dog, a souvenir cup of Coca-Cola, and some kettle corn. I currently have some garlic fries and some popcorn and nachos. And then, Aaron, you have chicken fingers, peanuts, and gelato. Go ahead and and get into our final round, please. So this one came from a game at Angel Stadium. And this was their burger sliders. Whoa. These things are so good. Let's go. That's a good one. All right. Yeah. So we got, so you're taking burger sliders. One thing that I love, and so the Dust Devils had it in 2021. They had a whole stand for it in 2021. That was then replaced with donuts, and it was really sad. Everyone was real upset about it, but then they brought it back the latter half of 2022, and it is a snow cone. Snow cones. Snow cones for the win. Love snow cones. They're perfect in the summertime. They're delicious. They're sugary. They're sweet. And after you've eaten your body weight in dollar hot dogs (laughs) and popcorn, great (laughs) consolation prize. Yeah, it's light eating after that. Basically. Um, And it's hydrating, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. All right, Eric, round us out here. Okay, I'm I'm kind of surprised and thankful it hasn't been taken. Now, this one's not for me. This is for all the fans of minor league baseball. Oh, this is for votes. This is for votes, yes. Wow. 100%. Wow, I like it. I like it. I like the strategy. Special shout out to Paul Caputo of the Baseball by Design podcast. If he's I listening. know where you're going. This is the the helmet ice cream. No, yes. oh, I yeah. almost I almost took Dippin' Dots. I yeah. almost took that. What's ironic is I'm lactose intolerant, so <laughs> this is a this is a once in a blue moon treat for yours truly. Oh, but man. I, because number one, it's ice cream. It's great, and number two. My favorite thing about minor league baseball is all the fun logos and hats. And so you get a little mini version. Man, that's good. That is that. Yeah, that that's good. 
All right. Well, Thanks. to recap here, Eric, you have a hot dog, a souvenir cup of soda with Coca-Cola, kettle corn, and a mini ice cream helmet. I have garlic fries, popcorn, nachos, and snow cones. And Aaron, you have chicken fingers, peanuts, uh, where's a gelato or lemon ice, and burger sliders. So we're going to put this out. It's going to be on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, you can just scroll down and you can select who won. It's also going to run on Twitter for at least the next, let's say, week. And we'll compile the votes and I'll let you know. Eric, if you win, then I'll give you an extra high five at a game. Yeah. Or next time I see you. Um, Deal. So, all right, guys. What did we learn today? What is one quick thing that you each learned today? Um, so for me, it, it's not really, you know, learning, but I, I love that I was reminded about this. But it's just, you know, from from Eric's dad, that example of, you know, what you put out, you know, will come back. You know, that, that vibe that you put out, whether it be positive or negative, it's coming back to you. And then I love the story of of Eric's dad and how it's influenced the 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 team there and how they've they've got a whole fun going. You know, that's amazing. That's a great testament. Thanks, Aaron. Eric, what did you learn today? Man, I've just had a blast with y'all. So thanks for having me. I learned. I enjoy hanging out with you guys. Um, I already knew. I already kind of knew that. But um, I think. This this made me dive deep into my memories of my dad and look at some notes he wrote me and, you know, stuff like that. So I think I just, re, re, I learned or I remembered the importance of um, getting off my phone for two seconds and diving deep into the important human relationships in my life. Love that. For me, you know, the one thing I'll take away from this, step, I guess one takeaway is what I should probably rephrase this too, but uh, my takeaway here is just really, it's it's not about what you say, but it's more about what you do. It's that example that you put out for those around you, for your kids, that's really going to have a huge impact on them and for whatever legacy you leave behind and for what's written in your, in your obituary someday. So it's about what you do. Um, and again, Eric, you know, thank you for coming on and having a blast with us. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. The listeners, the world, we appreciate it. We love hearing about your dad. We love learning more about you and, you know, getting to know you better and just experiencing and hearing about all these different stories. It's awesome for us. Um, I believe people can find you on all platforms pretty much at at it's eric mertens right yeah i mean if you search for eric the peanut guy and that's eric with a k yes you'll find me yeah you'll find me anywhere yeah so everyone with a twitter especially twitter eric's the best on twitter uh eric the peanut guy you literally search eric the peanut guy and you will find him or at (laughs) it's eric mertens as well Mm -hmm. Want you to follow him. If you haven't followed us already on the show, you can follow us at Young Dad Pod on all social medias. And until next week, we love you. You're great. And Eric, we love you. And I can't wait to see you at the stadium this season. I love you. Thanks for coming on, bud. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Jay. This was great.